0: Enjoy the show. My name is Shlomi Ron. I'm the founder and CEO of the Visual Storytelling Institute. As you know, we all about visual storytelling, bringing the gospel visual storytelling from the world of art and making it more purposeful, more human for us marketers. So we do it through our training, consulting, and thought leadership, like this podcast you're in right now. <laughs> So for today, what I want to talk about is the issue that I bet some of you already got hit uh, in the past. Uh, and I'm talking about, uh, you know, cybersecurity and more specifically how to use visual storytelling to communicate cybersecurity threats. So, you know, I just uh, before this, uh, preparing for this show, I was just looking around for some of the, the latest stats and it was mind boggling. You know, I saw that uh, the global cyber crime costs Is expected to grow 15% year over year for the next five years and to be reaching $10.5 trillion by 2025. So we're talking about a massive amount of damage that's coming our way. And I bet you got those, uh, you know, phishing attempt in your email uh, to even uh, calls on your phone that hit uh, label spam. And now we have, uh, in the past six months, uh, the emergence of AI added another wrinkle to the mix. So to talk about all this uh, fun stuff of cybersecurity and what it means uh, for us marketers and and how you can actually uh, get prepared, I invited a great friend uh, here uh, based in Miami. Uh, His name is uh, Reginald Andre, and he's the founder and CEO of the Arc Solvers, and in fact, uh, his company, his IT and cybersecurity company, uh, was named really as a you know the leading uh, IT and cybersecurity company in, in South Florida for the past three years, which is amazing. So, with that, I'd like to welcome you to the show, Andre. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Yeah. So this has been on my mind as well, and you know. As I was telling you, I'm I'm also actually <laughs> running a, a cybersecurity internship right now with a student mm-hmm. at NTC, the Miami Dade College. So I thought this could be a nice uh, opportunity to dig deeper and uh, with your expertise. But before we do that, maybe can you, if you can share your backstory, how you got started uh, interested in IT cybersecurity?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you remember the store Comp USA?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, so CompuSA, for those of you that may not know, it's kind of like a, what today's modern version of a Best Buy. They sell computers, TVs, and all sorts yeah. of gadgets. And um, one day I uh, was I was working at CompuSA, I was about 19 years old, and this guy comes in and he buys shopping cart after shopping cart after shopping cart full <laughs> of items. And at the end of the sale, he asks me like, hey, I'm going to set this up. You know, I don't know how to set up technology. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And at the time, CompuSA didn't have like the geek squad, which, which, which is what Best Buy right. where they come to your house and set up everything. So he uh, asked if I can go to his house and I said, sure, I would always do work for my uh, friends and family. And he gave me his address and he asked me to come on a Saturday and uh, to get everything set up. So uh, come that Saturday, I put the address in the GPS and it said 400 Alton Road. <laughs> Yes. And I grew. You up. In remember Miami. the address. That's amazing. Oh, oh yeah. 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 And um, I grew up in Miami Gardens. And um, if you're not from Miami, that's not the best part uh, at the time of, of South Florida and yeah. uh, Miami, uh, Miami Beach. I had never been here. I am 19 years old. For the most part, I've lived here my entire life and I had never been to Miami Beach. So I can remember driving on the causeway and seeing the boats and the cruises and the palm trees and the girls. I'm like, wow, this is what I used to see on TV, but I had never been to Miami Beach and and to this address here. So I go to his, um, he lives in a high rise um, condominium. He's on the 15th floor overlooking the marina. Beautiful. I set up his computers and um, from there, a few of his friends comes in and says, wow, who set this up for you, Andre? And they, you know, um, they said, Andre did. And from there, I went to his friends. And and in a period of about six months, the guy that I met at CompuSA is sending me to all of his friends to set up their computers and things like that. And six months later, he calls me and says, hey, Andre, you know, I'm really um, excited about uh, what you've been doing for my friends. You're a hard worker, diligent. They're ecstatic about your service. I didn't tell you this, but I'm a retired 41 year old multi millionaire. I just moved from New oh, York, wow. yeah, and I want to start a business with you. Hmm. Whatever you're making at Copy saying, I was making about 11 bucks an hour. Whatever <laughs> yeah. you say I I'm gonna I'm gonna double it. I know you're going to school to become a uh, English teacher, but I want you to slow down on school and let's start a business together. It's amazing.
0: It's like a Cinderella story, pretty much. You know, you started by goodwill.
1: And, you know, you do a great job, you know, you show value and, and people react to that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I went to my mom. She, she was a first, she's a first generation Haitian American. She came here with literally nothing on her back. And wow. when I told her this opportunity, she was like, Andre, this is why I came to this country. This is the American dream. Yeah. Dude. And yeah. Um, so, so I did it. And, and nine years later, we're the kings of South Beach. Everybody knows us. Um, wow. We're making over a million in sales. We have nine employees. And, um, but, you know, there was one thing that bothered me a little. And it was the fact that my business card says vice president, my email address said uh, managing partner, but there was never anything in writing with the with the guy I originally met at CompUSA, which is now my boss. And I so I went to him and he said, yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's go ahead and make this a, a real partnership. We'll put something in writing. Right. And um, he said, give him a couple of months. A couple of months came by. And he asked me to uh, come into his office, and he said, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to let you go. Oh, wow. This is kind of a twist in the story, unexpectedly, huh? Yes, yes. Um, Nine years, seven days a week, working 18-hour shifts, busting my butt to build this business, and he lets me go. We call it,
0: by the way, storytelling, we call it a a full start story structure. When you started by a Cinderella story, it looks everything rosy,
1: amazing. But then there's a twist uh, to the negative side that you didn't expect. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I I remember I'm in the garage of the building and I'm like, what am I going to do? I was making a lot of money, but this was 2009. You know, this was rock and roll. You were making a lot of money, but you were spending it at the same time. And I remember the quote from Rocky that says, it's not how hard you get hit, it's how you get back up. Yeah. And from there, there, I said, you know what, I can do this. I had to not compete, so I couldn't go after any of our old clients. And I started in my mom's Florida room, uh, Mm -hmm. where we have Arc Solvers. And um, fast forward today, uh, we're 13 years in business. Uh, We are, as you mentioned, we were voted, you know, the fastest growing cybersecurity and IT company three years in a row. And that's kind of how we got started in the uh, how I got started in the IT field. I should have been an English teacher right now. Wow! And you didn't go
0: to any kind of technical IT program for school. You went to basically for
1: English. Yeah, because when I when I was working at Computex, I knew a little tech, and then from there, I did actually uh, one thing. I uh, when I started my business in 2010 with Arcsolvers, mm-hmm. I was hiring a lot of contractors, but I was the face of the company. And I, the contractors would do the work. And what was happening is they were messing up so much, and I and and I couldn't know if they were BSing me or whatever. So I actually said, you know what, I'm going to go back to school because I need to be able to know what I'm selling. And then yeah, from, yeah. yeah. so I did get a two year degree at uh, Broward College for uh, tech uh, for for network technology and also a a um, business administration as well. So, but I still hire people way smarter than me. I'm not the tech guy. Yeah. Oh, I see. Wow. This is interesting. So you're not coming from a
0: technical background at all, but you, you actually pull it together where you have the tech muscles uh, with people around you. Exactly. Okay. That's cool. So so maybe that's a good segue. If you can, can talk a little bit about uh, what uh, you do at Arc Solvers, you know, what type of cybersecurity threats are
1: uh, you handling? Yeah, sure. So what we are is what they call a managed service cybersecurity provider. So our typical customers are businesses that have twenty or more computers, twenty to one hundred computers, and they are in a space where they can't justify having a full time employee in um, their company, you know, paying a hundred thousand dollar salary, and they but they need that full protection and they need that team behind them to help yeah. them with their technology. So uh, we do a lot of work for wealth managers. We do a lot of work for um, developers in real estate construction. Real estate, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of businesses that are regulated or deal with money. Our, our job is to help them make their technology be smooth, and mm-hmm. most importantly, we want to keep them cyber safe because things have changed and cyber right. cyber threats are way up. Right.
0: So speaking about that you know, from the past uh, year, let's say, you know, what
1: would you say are the top uh, five cybersecurity threats? Well, the, the top, you know, 95% of cyber threats are coming from emails and that's coming from phishing. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, and phishing is is uh, what we call a email that's sent to someone and it's being portrayed that it's a legit email. Uh, Many years ago, you may have remembered the prince, the Nigerian prince, and and people would fall for it. And the reason that they just continued doing it over and over is because there was someone that would fall for it. And now um, hackers are getting more sophisticated and they're doing like uh, emails where they're making it seem like it's their boss sending them emails or they can be like a vendor and hey, we changed our bank account, things like that. So phishing is the biggest thing that we're seeing right now. And what is the typical call to action
0: in phishing? Is it to click a button or send us money? What are the typical call to actions? Uh,
1: usually what they want you to do is to click on the email, mm-hmm. which is going to now go to like a fake Google page or a fake Microsoft page and oh, then have okay. the person enter the email address and their password. Because what they really want is your information. They want to get into your... Your your emails to see what type of business you have, what type I of see. money you're dealing with, do you Got have it. client information on it, etc. Got it. So outside phishing, you find other
0: threats like uh, you know ransomware. Yeah, actually, hardware. ransomware is number two. Number oh, two.
1: Okay. Uh, so typically, though, it does also come from 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 phishing because what you have is is and, and notice again, it's going to come through email. And what hmm. happens is they, the user clicks on something, clicks on a link, or they go on a website, it downloads it. And yeah. then what ransomware does is just imagine you come in the morning, you open up your computer, and your files say locked. Uh-huh. Your Word can't open. Your Outlook can't open. And then uh-huh. you get a nice, pleasant message that says, if you want your data back, you have to pay us in Bitcoin." <laughs> Wow,
0: this is insane. Yeah, I bet, you know, it's a, it's a crisis moment. And, and that kind of brings me to the next question is, is really, you know, do you find your clients are calling you after the crisis broke out or they those that are really kind of fast, like forward thinking, uh, taking strides to reach out to you with preemptive
1: safeguards? Unfortunately, most of the time when we're getting new clients, it's because either they themselves have been compromised Mm. and they're like, I never want this to happen to me again. Or maybe a friend or colleague um, that got in the industry got compromised and they're like, I need to make sure that doesn't happen to us. Because a lot of businesses now, they think that they're too small to get hacked. They think that why would a hacker come after me? I'm only, you know, 20 employees 5 million in revenue they can go after the government they can go after multi-million dollar businesses but the fact is when these hackers are sending out these emails and and ransomware attacks and things like that they don't know who they're just spraying they're just casting that net and seeing what bites and then they take it from there but as long as you have money in your bank account you are a target for hackers
0: right right and one of the things that uh, really kind of you know it blows my mind especially now with ai you know when you think about all these uh, cyber security threats basically it's an exercise in storytelling right that the hacker is trying to tell you a convincing story and make you believe on something else right so now now with ai they have the capability not only to you know use chat gpt to kind of uh, you know draft it so it's super convincing and, and high quality but also use visuals like videos, images, that's really, you know, incredibly looking professional. Uh, So that's, you know, the the front end, but on the the back end, I'm guessing, you know, AI is really allowing them to kind of uh, move pretty fast. When you say casting a wide net, now they probably can automate this with AI and do this much faster.
1: Absolutely. The, I always say, the Nigerian knew, the Nigerian prince knew how to spell correctly, <laughs> he, he would get even more people. So what what the hackers are doing? Because a lot of times these are either robots or these are people in um, other countries. You could have India, China, Iran, and what they're what they're now doing is they're reading the emails, copying that information, putting it into GPT and other places, wow. and they're like you just said, write me a convincing. Yeah. Uh, response to this, you know, whatever. And, um, and it's, we're seeing dead on things that if you're not protected, if you don't have the right pr- uh, protections, and I have an example I can give, it's, it's really, it's really convincing. And, and just kind of out of curiosity,
0: you know, are there any kind of threats that, uh, you know, from the outside may look extremely, you know, terrible, but you typically sell them like this, it, it it or there's a quick fix for them.
1: No, no quick fixes. It's all about, I would say, a user <laughs> education. If if that could be the quickest fix, that okay, that's the quickest fix. No, just
0: one, one kind of you know threat I'm talking about. That it looks really terrible on the outside,
1: but you know, you just need to do A, B, and C. Oh, I see. Yes. Um. So a lot of times you could go on a website and it, it, a, a pop up message will say your computer has been hacked. Oh, yeah. And what that is, is it's called what is called a browser hijack. So it's not that your computer has a virus. It's basically the link that you clicked on is making it seem like your computer has a virus. That's and what they right. really want you to do is to click on it so that you can then fall into having the virus. So, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> So all you only yeah, so, need is just to backtrack, basically and exactly all you have to do is uh don't click on the link there's usually the right uh, depending if you have a Mac or Windows um there's usually the X that you click on and then that's it and then just out of precaution run a virus scan on the machine but that's okay. usually one of the ones that we see where people are freaking out but yeah. do, it's just it's just so it's just a website that's made it seem like you have a virus but it's not a real virus. Yeah yeah that's good
0: to know. Yep. Very cool. So, so maybe now that we got uh, some context about the uh, arc solvers, we talked a little bit uh, about threat types. Maybe you can show us, you know, we are recording this in video, obviously. So, if you can show some examples of threats that uh, you've been working on. So, people yep. can. Uh,
1: Absolutely. So, I'm going to um, just confirm you can see it. Yep. Awesome. So, here we have uh, one of our clients, and um, their name is actually Harry Cadiz. And they have our cybersecurity protection. So I always Mm -hmm. say with cybersecurity, it's not one thing you do. It's not that you install a firewall and you're okay. It's not that you install an antivirus and you're okay. You have to put layers and layers and layers of protection. So in this case, we have a very robust spam filter. And one of um, Harry's employees, Harry's the owner, one of Harry's employees uh, received this email. And Mm -hmm. here you can see that it's coming from Harry going to Fernando, but... The display name shows the correct person's name. But then when you look at the email, and sometimes this is hidden, depending on how you have your Outlook set up, it's you don't actually see the email. All you just see is the full name. Right. And it says, hi, good morning. How was your night? I hope you slept well. Right, right. So using the AI, what's going to happen, and this is now automated, there's bots for this, is let's just say Fernando... Uh, Thought it was Harry. Oh, okay. Harry wants to know how how I was doing. He would respond. And based on that response, the AI would automatically generate uh, a a follow-up. And then from there, eventually what probably would have happened is that this fake Harry would have then uh, asked Fernando to like, hey, uh, I need the password to this or Mm -hmm. uh, I need to make a payment, but I I can't right now. Can you just go ahead and use your credit card and I'll pay you back when I see you or whatever that spam is. But yeah. this is the beginning. This is the beginning of how it starts. That's insane. Yeah. So uh, this
0: spam protection, you know, to me, it's like the equivalent of the uh, bogus calls that you get and you get the spam notification. Mm-hmm. So these days I, I don't pick up my phone anymore almost because you get so many spam. It's insane unless it's uh, from someone that I know. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you also mentioned that uh, you had another example where another client uh, faced with the issue of
1: accessing their database, right? Yeah, so we had um, a, a few, so I'm gonna go ahead and share it here. Yep. Yeah. All right, so this this is another one where we had a client and all of a sudden we're getting alerts because, mm-hmm. and they're here in South Florida, and we're getting alerts because someone is trying to access their data. Someone is trying to access their Microsoft. Yeah. And you know, with Microsoft, you have your emails, your SharePoint, OneDrive, your Word Excel, PowerPoint. And they're in Miami. But here you see Los Angeles, California, Virginia, Tennessee, New York, and what are in which we use tools that have AI. Our AI said, wait a minute here. There's no way you can be in Miami and then all of a sudden. You know Washington, California, Virginia, Tennessee, and then it, it it alerted us about this, and then with the systems that we have, it automatically disconnected the account and blocked the account until we can investigate uh, on this further.
0: Got it. Got it. wow, this is insane. Yeah. So I I kind of curious because I remember you know from the nineties you know everybody installed Norton antivirus and you know there was a bunch of brands. Do they, are
1: they still useful or, you know, we passed by them by now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are, you know, maybe for your home computer, that's great. But yeah. for your business, you need something more comprehensive because what I always say is that's, again, going back to that layer. If right. your antivirus has, is, is is just basically getting a pounding, there's, there's someone trying to hack, there's someone trying to knock on the door. But your antivirus can't call the police. Your antivirus... Can't call the dog. You're, you you know, see. can't tell the owner, can't do anything. All it's gonna do, and then eventually the door it's is a open. bouncer,
0: basically, like a you know, <laughs> in a bar. You have a bouncer, so you just bounce it, but that's it. That's all it does. Yes.
1: And eventually the the bouncer goes to his knees and uh and now <laughs> it, everybody goes in and tramples him. So with advanced antivirus, what it does is okay, antivirus needs help, firewall, come on in, block it your way. Oh, uh, windows. We need to lock you down, call our mm. solvers, like all of oh, these nice. different things, like a little movie storytelling, but right. it's like, you know, all of these things happen and that's what a business need these days, not just that. Oh, okay, I have Norton or or McAfee and I'm okay. No, you're not. I see, it's like a chain reaction that needs to happen. Yes. Yeah. Got it. So,
0: so what uh, kind of uh, when you have clients uh, engage with you? What is the typical process? You know, they have uh, you know this huge fire, cybersecurity fire that they need to put out. So, what is the process? How are you
1: really in a typical
0: threat? Uh, how do you handle it?
1: Yeah. So usually, um, I prefer to get clients when there's no fire. It's more <laughs> You know, because yeah. those fires always seem to happen on holiday weekends. You know, when, oh, you know, <laughs> we, you know, like these crazy yeah. times. So, uh, yeah. typically, when someone wants to do business with us, we do what is called a first-time appointment, and, and you know, to kind of open up the curtains uh, right. below uh, behind is like we want to make sure it's a good fit for both. I see. Yeah. So once we 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 kind of have like a virtual coffee, we make sure it's a good fit, and then from there we we ask some. Questions. I tell them my story because yeah, the important. story that I yeah I mentioned at the beginning. I want to be relatable. Sure. I tell them go on our social media, see what we're doing on our business page on our LinkedIn page, so that you can see we are industry leaders. We're going to conferences. We have great team chemistry. We we have vendor participations. Like I want them to see because I know they're going to be calling other people. And what I want them to do is I want them to go on Google and I want them to say, wow, look at all of this that ARC Solvers. third party
0: validation of your work, basically,
1: from other sources. Yeah, exactly. And I want them to see this is what ARC Solvers is doing. And when they go to our competitors, then Mm -hmm. they're going to be like, man, this guy hasn't updated his Facebook page, his business Facebook page in years. Like, are they really Uh, still on top of things? And that's kind of like our, our mm-hmm. our you know, our um, our angle when we uh, try to acquire new clients. And yeah. then if it's a client that, you know, it's a fire, hey, we have ransomware, we need your help. Then right. from there, we basically uh, give them a um, nice bill or a nice mm-hmm. estimate and say, well, in order to put out the fire, this is it. And then they go through their insurance companies and things like that for reimbursement. But um, yeah, usually for that, it's no negotiation. It's just, this is how much it is you know, either you're going right. to buy it from me or you're going to buy it from somebody else. But this is this is the price. But is it
0: typically just help me put the fire out or help me put the fire out, but
1: also I want to be on a maintenance program with you? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's both uh, the remediation, um, what we call it. We find out how it happened. We give them back the story. We tell them, hey, on this date, this is when it happened and I someone see, clicked on this and then from there, they did this and this and this, and we we helped them dot the I's and things like that. And then from there, we then uh, do an assessment of their systems mm-hmm. and say, so this doesn't happen again. This is what we're uh, we're recommending. And then it would be on an ongoing basis because with cybersecurity, there's no such thing as set it and forget it. Wow. It's constant monitoring. It's uh, making sure everything is up to date. And there's nothing I can just install and be like, hey, all right, you know, yep. I'll see you months.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And that brings me to my next question about uh, visual stories the techniques uh, that you use. Uh, but I'm going to address you know, what we just discussed uh, a second ago. Uh, as you solve the problem and you move them to a more kind of ongoing program, and I really like the way you kind of <laughs> described it to tell them uh, how the story <laughs> came up. Uh, it, it, because to me, you know, that maybe open up another way for you to storytell and uh, to the employees, because sometimes it's really silly things that employee is doing that cause a problem. So are you involved in kind of the visual storytelling in the capacity of training, educating uh, employees of your clients so
1: they are more aware? Because uh, Yeah, absolutely. So that's part of my quoting process. And so when I'm doing a quote, I'm kind of like ripping, and it's easy. I just Google cybersecurity Miami or, or cybersecurity hack Miami yeah. or Florida. And I'm ripping articles right off of the news. It's not hard. University of Miami got hacked um, three about three, four months ago. Yep. Uh, FIU got hacked. Um, right. Shen Medical, which is a big, you know, like, it's not hard for me to sell it. It's more of can the customer afford it or do they want to pay for it? Um, I'll, I'll show you a, a, a great example right now. Mm-hmm. This is something I use. We have a lot of uh, clients that are high, high-end high uh, luxury condominiums. And yep. this happened right here in January, 2023. If you guys are familiar with Key um, Key Biscayne, which is about 20 minutes south of Miami. And this says email fraud costs Key Biscayne Botanica Condo $105,000. Wow. <laughs> and what happened yeah and what happened here was it was a phishing email where the um the admin in the management office received an uh, clicked on an email put in their password for 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 microsoft and then from there the hacker saw that there was a quarterly payment every quarter going to a particular uh, vendor and what they then did is say okay well, if you're paying this vendor $105,000 every quarter uh, and the vendor name is abccompany.com, I'm going to create a new domain and I'm going to call it abccompany. But instead of the M, I'm going to make it an N, and um, as a yeah. Nancy. And then, so it's going to be you know, Joe at abccompany, spelled incorrectly,.com. And then I'm going to write to the admin at Botanica and say, hey, you know, you always send us this and using AI. Yeah. So that way the English can match, you know, yeah. uh, the language here in Miami and say, you always pay us this $105,000. We this we were changing banks. This is the new uh, routing and account information. And look here, here. So now you have a huge mess where they're now going to have to do a special assessment on this condominium because mm. they didn't have the money in the reserves. And now they have to do a special assessment. And of wow. course, the whole staff got fired. So you see, you know, from this story, I'm getting
0: that if there was enough training for employees, educating them on how to watch out from these things, you can really cut down, you know, those crisis moments in a big way, right? Because most people don't know.
1: So when you don't know, you click, you open. <laughs> the majority of the reasons why we, and, and the, the thing is, the majority of the reasons why clients get compromised is because of an employee. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like we ArcSolvers or any IT company, we can be, we can set it up perfectly. Just take that one click, that one mistake from the employee. And it's like, that's it. You just let them in the front door. There's nothing else I can do. So, So do you have
0: any kind of a product or service say that where you provide training
1: for clients? Yeah. So all of our clients, we do phishing emails where once a week they're getting a, a random email. And and it's if you have 30 people and employees, everybody's getting a random email. So that way they can't go like, hey, Joe, watch out for this one. It's coming soon. Nope. Different yeah. times, different dates. We're trying to trick them. We're trying to, yeah. you know, if they click on it, hey, Sam, you shouldn't have clicked on it this is what you should look for in the future. Yeah, so this this is really kind of interactive because I always thought, you know, as you guys sitting on a,
0: almost standing on a stage with slides, you know, watch out from this, watch out from that, but you're actually
1: giving them, you know, a real hands-on experience to see if they get it. So that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, on average, there's about 150 emails the average employee gets per day. So, wow. um, so we also do in-person um, quarterly cybersecurity awareness training. Where mm. we're telling them not only about phishing, but going back to AI, there's something called a deep fake now. Yep. Yeah. And the deep fake is it it will impersonate someone's voice. So right now I'm talking on a recorded on a re- recording. What the what the threat actor or hacker has to can do is just take their phone, record my voice for a few two, you know, let's just say a minute, two minutes. They yep. go on a service and they say, I want you, I want the AI to say Andre said. XYZ.
0: Yeah, and visual
1: as well today, you know, with the Obama video, we all remember. (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: you can can do pretty much anything, yeah. So so tell me, as part of your promotion, you talk a little bit about your social media uh, efforts, and so in terms of visual storytelling, do you basically, what type of uh, Storytelling, do you do like uh, testimo- client testimonials, or is it you that uh, share anecdotes uh, from clients before and after? Uh, tip of the day, what do you normally do?
1: Sure. So, um, for our prospective clients, we like to follow the, the Gary V model, which is called jab, 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 right hook. So, yeah. we don't go on social media and just say, hey, buy for me, buy for me, buy for me. And every post is just basically a sell. Yeah. We um, on our social media, if you look at us, arc solvers on any you know platform, you're seeing that we are a team, that we're family, right. that, you know, you, we're putting that personal side. And you're, you're seeing that you're not just hiring a vendor. You're not just hiring a company. You're hiring a partner. You're, right. You know, you're going to know these people, these on average, our, our, our average employees with us for six years now. So, you're, again, you're not just going to be a number. You're going to be family with us. You're sharing stories from, uh,
0: like, backstage of employees, uh, parties,
1: uh, you know, kind of uh, special moments. Yep, absolutely. You'll see that we're having um, breakfast. And we're all remote, so we're not even always together. But you'll oh, see us okay. having breakfast together. You'll nice. see me taking selfies with my team when we're doing a big project. Um, you know, customer testimonials, as you said, you know, when we're at a client's location. I'll just, you know, my iPhone is, it's pretty good quality, right? Our phones, right. Hey would you yeah. mind just me? And it doesn't have to be perfect. I've always, I've learned recently that, you know, done is better than perfect. And yeah. I just yeah. do that, just do it, you know, maybe an edit or not. And then after that, I just post it and I move on because yeah. there's so much noise on social media. Right. And um for us, how we want to do it is just, you know, be there, be there, be there. And for every fourth post, I'll say, "Hey, ArcSolvers, don't forget this is what we do."
0: Got it. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And to your point, you're absolutely right. You know, you, sometimes you don't need to be super uh, professional video content. You know, rough and edges. It's even better because it portrays you as a more authentic and, and a real person. Actually, took that video.
1: <laughs> absolutely. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So. You know,
1: I'm kind of curious. You know, we talked a little bit about visual storytelling. How do you define it in your world? Yeah, so um, we're going to story. So when I'm telling, when I'm talking to clients, I, I, as you said, you know, uh, mentioned earlier, I'm not. I have a little technical background, but I don't talk geek. I you, the big words of all the technology. I understand it, but when I'm talking with my clients, I'm talking in English, just like how we're talking right now. I'll use the buzzwords. I'll use the words that you'll understand. And then from there, I just go back to stories. I don't, you know, if I tell a customer, you need two-form factor authentication, and we need to do it on everybody. The wow. client's gonna be like, What is two-form factor? Yeah, Why yeah. do I need it? But right if I tell <laughs> exactly, yeah, right over, right? <laughs> but if I tell the client, Two form factor will help you prevent this. And we had a client or there was a, here's a news story. And this is why having two form factor either saved this company mm. or they, cause they didn't have it. This is what happened then. And then from there, the customer is able to now take that into more of a personal level. They are probably able to now um, contemplate that into their business and be like, yep. you know what, if that happened to me, yeah, we would be bad. So, yeah, okay, yeah. Andre, let's go ahead and do it. So I don't sell tech, I sell stories, I sell examples, and then either from there they say yes or they say no. That's a
0: perfect, actually a point you're making because a lot of people think of example as just a a support crutches to prove a point. But in essence, examples, as you said it, they are actually stories. When you use an example, you basically tell a case study of the client and helps brings to life, you know, the big message you're trying to make uh, with the prospect. So definitely use examples as stories because uh, then you're, whoever you're telling the story to can see themselves mirrored in the story. Yeah, the, the, the confused yeah. mind says no. Exactly, exactly. A- and I'm kind of curious, you know, with your interaction with clients, what are the top uh, kind of misconceptions that, that come to you regarding cybersecurity?
1: I would say that it's that it's that it's uh, cheap. Oh, that is cheap. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A lot of because the thing is, our industry has matured a lot. However, you still have what we call trunk slammers. Trunk slammers are the guys that just like, oh, yeah, I'll just put Norton on your computer or you have a tool. And and so our industry is not regulated. So, you know, you have an attorney, an attorney has to go and get the bar exam. But you right now can go to Office Depot, print out a business card or your home printer and just say, I'm an IT guy. And I'm, hey, you're an IT guy. Nobody's going to ask you any questions. You can go get your EIN and LLC. So that's been our biggest, um, you know, for the more mature companies like us, that's always been the biggest breakthrough is that we are competing with the guy who's going, his the cousin that's going to FIU and nice. knows a little about it because, which is true, anybody can add memory to the computer or fix sure. your printer, make yeah. your computer go faster. But for cybersecurity, it's a different world. Right, right.
0: And uh, another type of uh, cybersecurity uh, people, I guess it's a it's a bad character that turn good. You know, especially you know when we move up to a state level where they dealing with the complex cybersecurity threats? I guess these are the bad guys that becomes collaborator all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, there's been stories of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. So we can't close here before ta- without talking about AI cybersecurity. What are your take uh, about where we headed with this?
1: The truth is we're screwed. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, for real, um, I mean, what I've seen now is um, there's if there's a vulnerability in the system, there's other obviously GPT is the most the the, the biggest one. But there's yeah. other there's other ones. But now it can look at a code and find the vulnerability in the code. Mm-hmm. Then you can then it, all in one platform for a subscription. This mm-hmm. is like mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. You take that mm-hmm. and then it said, OK, let's just say, for example, there's a vulnerability in Windows. Yep. I don't have to know code. All I just do is say, "AI, find me this vulnerability." Mm. Okay, this is it. How do I break into? And you're writing this. How do I break into the vulnerability? Boom, boom. Mm. Now you can go to another mm. website that says, "Show me all the computers on in the world that has this vulnerability." Because usually, the vulnerability—if you're plugged, if you're connected to the internet—then yep. this website can see if you have that vulnerability. And then from there, you just take the IP address, you put that code towards that IP address, and because they don't have layer protections, they're in. And All you're gonna own. tell me,
0: there's, was no safeguards, there's no safeguards that they open the eye of the world uh, placing when you, you asking, you know, this kind of uh,
1: questions? Th- that's it's- the thing, you know, the big companies, the GPTs, mm-hmm. yes, they are, the, the Googles, but however, right now, there's no regulation. There's, there's right. the, the government and, and I'm, you know. There's I, also open
0: source, open source uh, AI. And that's yeah. the trouble where it's pretty
1: much available to anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you can then from there, take it mm-hmm. and make it your own. And, um and that's the issue that's happening right now is that the government mm-hmm. is, there's no rules to say this is illegal. And because yeah. it's technically not illegal that what I just described you, I can do it right now, and, and until I get into the, someone's computer, that's the legal part. But all of this can be created. Uh, but if it was from the beginning, like saying, "Look, this can't be done," then right. I think that would have been done. So, um, and we already know how Congress is right now. So, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. that's in that—that's not in the top of their list right now.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's insane. That's insane, especially when, we, when we're heading into an election year in the next sixteen months. It's going to be even much sooner than we think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So to close, you know, can you kind of summarize for us, you know, for our audience, marketers, entrepreneurs that may be working on a high-stakes service like yours, you know, where, you know, the damages could be money, could be data loss. You know, what is your kind of uh, top three tips for a effective visual storytelling technique to really drive response?
1: Yeah, sure. I always say, don't do death by PowerPoint you know I, yeah. <laughs> I I use I use PowerPoint as a guide as as a visual but um especially in the world of zoom and things like that where people have two screens and they can be listening but then like doing one of these things where they're listening right right right, right right so I always like to have conversations uh with with the people and not and, and make it where every 10 minutes I'm stopping making sh- you know let's just say it's a 40 minute presentation where yeah. I'm making interactive where I'm stopping and I'm saying, okay, let me ask your question. Um mm-hmm. or or ask uh, posing questions where they have to answer that way I can make sure that they're understanding and I'm not just going you know slide by and slide Passive one-way communication yep yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely yep and for me too I'm now starting to try to do everything back in person mm,
0: interesting
1: the meetings yeah the meetings that I've had um in the last Two and a half years compared to the last six months. I would say the six months that I've been doing stuff back in person, it's just no comparison when you're eye to eye, shoulder to shoulder, drinking coffee with somebody. Wow. So I yeah, I think that's that's the two for me. That's the biggest things is as I'm, you know, zipping around and doing networking events and things like that. Yes, there's some time lost because you know, okay. if I can have a Zoom meeting with you, I just say from going to your building. Doing yeah. the whole parking on the seventh floor, then going to the elevator downstairs, then going to the lobby. Yeah. Going, yes, I understand that. But the relationships of that in person versus the little box is so much more. So I would say, yeah, yeah. back to the back to in person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think your third tip is you already mentioned it earlier about uh, how you basically use examples of stories to kind of bring out, uh, you know, messages that you want to make and not straying into the technical side.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I actually do a little (laughs) joke. I I should have brought it, I'm sorry, but um, I use it, you know how the the stigma of a tinfoil hat is someone that's paranoid? A lot of times in cybersecurity, it's kind of like a little scary, it kind of like, wait, is this stuff all happening? So sometimes I actually take a hat, uh, put it around aluminum foil, and then be like, look, I'm not trying to scare you, I'm not the guy that's (laughs) like the conspiracy theory, but this yeah. stuff is really happening, you know. No, absolutely, you know. So this is amazing. You're absolutely right. So thank you so much, Andre.
0: This has been a fascinating, you know, journey to kind of get a little bit into your world of cybersecurity. And actually, it's not just your world; we all <laughs> living this yeah. and going to yeah. be facing this, uh, you know, headway. So, if somebody has any question for you, how can
1: they reach out? Uh, best way is uh, my phone number, which is uh, 786-664-8275. Or you can email me at andre um, at arcsolvers.com. But call me. just um, That's another thing. I'm, I'm very accessible. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much, Andre. This has been phenomenal. Really, I learned so much. <laughs> and for awesome. all of you listening or watching, I'll see you next time at the Visual Storytelling Today podcast. Visual Storytelling Today is recorded in Miami, Florida. The show is published exclusively by Visual Storytelling Institute. Learn more at visualstorytell.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on the iTunes Store. Until next time, don't let your big story wait to be
1: told.